if you learn how to control it, the entrepreneurial brain becomes the most powerful tool in your arsenal. In this podcast, I will dive deep into the psychology and biology behind it to help you understand yourself and ultimately become your best, most authentic self. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast. Today I'm here with Martin. He is a psychedelic guide, a serial entrepreneur, certified coach, yoga and breathwork instructor with a strong foundation in science and optimal performance from a sports science background, combined with more than a decade of being an elite martial artist, coach and trainer, expert in the topics I'm super excited about. So I'm very much looking forward to this one. Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Morris. I'm happy to be here. How did that journey unfold? Sure. Um, yeah, like when when I was a kid growing up, I was not hanging out with the best kind of people. Uh, I was hanging out with with, with people that were their, their parents didn't really care what they were doing. My parents did, luckily, and uh, but still, I was trying to find my kind of way, my kind of tribe to hang out with. And uh, luckily, there was. I wouldn't say luckily, <laughs> there, maybe it was lucky. There was some of these guys that would get into fights often and I was scared shitless that I was going to get my ass kicked once because I didn't know how to fight. Uh, so I started kickboxing uh, around the age of uh, 14. And there I finally found a tribe that were taking care of their health, that were doing good things for themselves, uh, eating healthy, moving their bodies and it made me realize that the, the, the small actions we, we take, the small decisions we make on a, on a daily basis again and again determines the, the outcome and the quality of our life, both in a, in a healthy and also in a, in a way of enjoyment and happiness. And that was the first time that I really experienced that. Uh, and also there I found this coach and trainer, uh, kickboxing coach and trainer, Henrik, who, who really believed in me and uh, that, that really changed my life. And I slowly shifted away from being in those bad environments where I was doing drugs like amphetamine and ecstasy and things <laughs> like that, going into putting some, some real foods into my body because like growing up, uh, my family, like our regular meal would be something like... Um, meat and potatoes uh, there was rarely a little bit of vegetables with our meals so i just discovered something completely new so that's that's where my whole i would say sports and and movement and health background really started where i had a I, my eyes were open to that because it didn't come from my home yeah very similar background that's exactly how i also got in the space just from all the, the gym side like going into the gym learning about nutrition learning about the body but there was i was so in the classical very science 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 very rational guy like spirituality i dropped religion altogether like meditation everything spiritual it was like in this ah, this is bullshit i'm just going to eat my proteins and train so that's why i'm <laughs> super excited about martial arts at this moment because it really combines the two aspects the yin and the yang and the mindfulness so when was your first contact with that how, how did you get into that realm it's actually funny you're saying that because kickboxing, at least where I was doing it, there was not, there was no meditation, there was no mindfulness as part of that. Of Western course. Western world of in our current society, yeah. only the young part survived. Let's fight, let's do things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just I didn't want to get my ass kicked. That's why it was not. I had nothing to do about spirituality, at least in my mind. Actually, when I was growing up, I was uh, went to a Christian free school. So from, from the first to, to 10th grade, I was uh, in a Christian school and every morning we would sing uh, <laughs> songs and, uh, and pray and, and, and do things like that. So, and I realized that was, it, it, I felt very locked in a box growing up there. So I, I rejected spirituality and religion for a very long time. So when I was doing kickboxing, there was not, nothing of, of that. I feel that spirituality didn't really come into my life until much later when I started traveling after um, after high school and college I, I realized that um, spirituality is so much more than than just you know just there's a guy a god sitting on a cloud it's it's more about the connectedness you feel to the world around you and the people around you that is spirituality spirituality is 
finding out who you really are, your truth, and and going through pain and discomfort is one way to to. There's many ways to to God or to source or to um, yourself or whatever you want to call it. The Tao. The Tao. Um, yeah, whatever you want to call it. There's many ways to that, and one of the ways can be suffering and pain, and uh, and you can get that when you do martial arts, like and self-discipline there's a lot of lot of that mm -hmm. involved uh, but you can also get it when you are like just being in nature or through a psychedelic experience i, I really believe that's where we can realize the truth and see who we really are and uh, i would i would say that I, the first my first psychedelic experience was when i was in, in thailand i went to a full moon party uh, in kopanyang and it was New Year's Eve. There were 70,000 people on the beach. And my friend and I, we were totally convinced we should have a mushroom shakes. I was heavily disappointed about that experience because I took the, I drank the shake and I thought it was going to make me want to party and go, go crazy. But it made me just want to sit down on the beach and connect deeply with other people in, in thoughtful and conversations. And when you are, I was 20 years old at the time, I was like, mm. this is so disappointing. How can <laughs> I, I want to have fun? I want to party, but the mushrooms, they will always give you what you need. And uh, it was a quite mild dose. I didn't have any hallucinations or anything like that, but it was enough to kind of trigger that, that shift in me and, and to put me on a more healthy and, and mindful path, at least for that experience. Mm. But I didn't touch any psychedelics for six years after that because I was so mm. disappointed with it. <laughs> Not from the proper ceremonial background in contact with that, with you growing up in a tribe, really having the sacred mushroom, but just as you mentioned, in the context with that expectations makes sense. But it's also interesting how similar our journey's been, because mushrooms also have been clearly my my entry point into into the spiritual world, realizing like the oneness, the connectedness with nature, and then as a starting point, really diving into these practices of, of nature immersion, slowly also meditation, breath work. So yeah, after your, your mushroom in between these six years, is there something meditation, spirituality that come into your life then, or did it still took some more time to unfold? It took some more time to unfold. I... I did. I, I had heard about. I was starting to do around the same time. I was doing some yoga, but it was a very sporadically. And there, I would sometimes meditate, but I would almost always fall asleep because the meditations would mm -hmm. often happen laying on your back, and I would fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Many times, I would start snoring and hearing myself snore because my body would be asleep, but my mind would be awake. And I was like, oh, <laughs> "That's this a good meditation. <laughs> this meditation is yeah, like you're snoring and you can hear you and you can hear everyone <laughs> they're laughing. You know, it's like." So I didn't really have a good experience with, with this kind of practice. It wasn't until maybe it wasn't six years. It was probably around five years after that experience that I started experimenting with psychedelics again. Uh, I had it. I was on my peak of my kickboxing career, and I started becoming curious about spirituality. And I was curious about there. I felt there was something deeper to life, and I could, didn't really know what. And I heard that that mushrooms or other kinds of psychedelics could be a doorway into that, could be a, an opening into that. So I started figuring out how I could take mushrooms. And the first thing that I did was re I found out that you could pick matching mushrooms in, mm. in, in the fields. So I went and picked uh, just enough mushrooms to have a small dose, like a, it's around 0 0.75 grams of a, this mushroom. It's called Liberty Cap in English or in Danish, Bis Neunhead. It looks like a like a little pointed cap. So I did this with my my girlfriend at the time, and we just had a beautiful, very fun experience. We were laughing a lot, and uh, that kind of opened my way to see, okay, you can actually use these mushrooms and, and psychedelics in a, in a very positive way. We did it indoors. Uh, then later on, I find out that you could buy mushrooms from Holland, uh, mushroom kits, and you could start growing them yourself because it wasn't that reliable. I didn't want to wait another year to get mushrooms because they only grow in, in the autumn in, in Denmark, where I'm from. So I, I ordered a mushroom kit and I started growing myself and they were having smaller doses, like one and a half to two to two and a half grams. And that was fine. I didn't really get any like deeper realization. So it's just like, life is beautiful. The world is beautiful. Like this deep connection with nature and, and experiences like that. 
And then I did a yoga teacher education. And there I met another guy and he told me, like he'd been doing mushrooms for a while and he told me about Terence McKenna mm-hmm. and, and this heroic mushroom experience where you take five grams of mushrooms, dried mushrooms, and you go into a dark room with your eyes closed uh, or blindfolded. And uh, then you're just being guided into, into the, the depths and being there you can see uh, your truth. So he he made me curious about that and and a little after that ex- little after we talked we agreed to to meet up and uh, he he guided me through the experience and that was my first like deeper experience where i experienced complete loss of self uh, my my ego was was i just became pure consciousness pure awareness it felt like i melted into this pool of awareness consciousness and and love i felt so loved and taken care of i felt so safe and that completely shifted my idea about what happens when we die and also my idea about spirituality and if there's something you know beyond death is there something beyond us because like you said i was so much in the science so like everything it was mind and rational if i couldn't explain it there was probably nothing about it and that was my first experience of like, there is something beyond me. I am just pure energy, pure consciousness, pure awareness. That's a, a, an aspect of me that, that exists. But I'm also this human entity, uh, this separate self that is experiencing life. Um, so that was my first experience and also went through different perspectives. I saw the universe from all the way from the cosmos down to a bird, to a dog, to a little insect, to a little... Uh, cell to an atom seeing the world from these different perspectives and then i also saw like um, you know kind of the matrix where he sees like the the ones and the zeros where everything turns green i saw the world in the same way but it was just like this blue energy uh, streams connecting everything and you just had more dense packed energy around humans and and more like denser energy structures mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting and i had that vision during uh, while, while doing the mushrooms uh, so that kind of made me see the world in a completely different perspective and that was really what opened me up to, to psychedelics and, and seeing the the power of it to to transform our lives and for making us realize our truth and who we really are hydros mushrooms like in general that's why so many people underestimate mushrooms because they only know them from that kind of oh let's take one or two grams and go in nature or three but if you set and setting as you, as you mentioned like it's a totally different game it's really interesting looking back to that experience like how profound how many things did change from there because if we talk about psychedelics and psychedelics experiences integration also is a super thing that you actually not just just go into your old environments like back into your old patterns everything slowly respect to your norm so what you say how was the impact of that how did it one of the things that changed for me was was this deep appreciation of life and also a part loss of fear of death i would not say that i have completely lost the fear of death there's still a part of me that fears death but there's also a part of me that that i know is is transcending death that is just pure energy and will continue to to live on so there's a part of me that that can that know that i am both eternal mm-hmm. uh, infinite but also there's a part of me that knows that i'm finite and and will will pass on so that was a feel that gave me peace that helped me find this deep peace inside another aspect of it is probably uh, i started using psychedelics more and more uh, i was taking probably a big big journey every six to 12 months and like very recently not so far after this experience I had a very very bad concussion that stopped my kickboxing career completely and made me question what is what am I doing here what is you know the next step for me and I had a month where I couldn't really do anything and and that put me into the path of entrepreneurship so so I would say the door was already open and then I was ready to, to go different directions. And being on this path in entrepreneurship, uh, I remember taking, that was probably a year after the first big experience, uh, took again uh, five grams. And on this journey, I had a conversation with the mushrooms 
they put you this like this uh, grandfather mushroom he puts you in into this little truck and it's like this mushroom truck and it's like or a spaceship and he's like okay here let's go on this journey i'm going to take you around the things you have to see and if you cannot accept them i'm just going to keep circling until you can accept this truth mm. so he told me that i had to go to a mountain in nepal uh, Kathmandu. I didn't even know that that was the, the capital of Nepal. I, I didn't even know much about Nepal at this time. But that, that came to my mind during the mushroom journey. And uh, I had to go there and sit on the mountain and meditate for five years. And I'm like <laughs> telling the mushrooms, what do you mean I have to go and sit and meditate on a mountain for five years? I was not meditating at this time, at least not on a, on a regular basis. It's like, yeah, this is what you have to do. I'm like, I cannot do that. I have, I have a girlfriend. She was actually my fiance at this time. I have a fiance. Uh, I cannot go there. I'm like, no, it's not important. You have to go here. It's like, oh, but uh, I just started a business and it's going really well. It's like, no, doesn't matter. But what about my friends? What about my friends here? It's like, no, doesn't matter. But I just bought an apartment. What about that? <laughs> doesn't matter. And I was like, I was really in a lot of emotional and, and like even physical pain. I was feeling very nauseous at this point because like this is the kind of the, the way that the mushrooms are kind of like pushing you to to like pushing you to the edge to see, okay, this is, this is there's something important here that you have to, to learn. So, and this is like when you're trying to resist something, you're trying to resist a message, there's quite easy, you get this discomfort. So I, I was feeling not very good at this time during the, this experience. And um it made me creative so i asked the mushrooms okay let's make a deal what if i start meditating here right now in the middle of all the chaos in the middle of being in the city doing my projects being with my girlfriend having my friends but i start meditating here in the eye of the storm because it doesn't make sense to me that i go to some remote mountain in a peaceful place and learn to meditate there and let's say if after five years, I come back into chaos. How would I meditate now in chaos when I, have, when I haven't been able to do that, when I've only been doing it in peace? So what do you say that I start meditating in the eye of the storm and I learn to meditate and be quiet in the midst of all the chaos? And the mushrooms was like, all right, I can accept that. And then I was let go and I could continue my journey. <laughs> <laughs> And I started meditating uh, right after that, and I've been meditating uh, almost every day since since that. So this, yeah, this is how, I think yeah, it's five years ago. And actually, one funny thing, maybe a few funny things. So I don't have my fiance anymore. We're not together anymore. I do not own the apartment anymore. <laughs> I do not live in the city where I was living. Uh, so so that's why I still have some of the friends. I'm not seeing them on a regular basis. So I could just have well been in Nepal and I don't have the business anymore. That that business failed. So all the things that the mushrooms told me that didn't matter. Yeah, that didn't matter. And now five years later, I'm actually going to Nepal in, in October. Oh, amazing. So full circle. That sounds like a great plan. I'm also contemplating like really going for me. It's more like South America. The calling is getting stronger and stronger kind of living with the tribes and really diving deeper into it. So that's why it was beautiful. I could relate so much because I'm in the same situation now, like, oh, but I have this business and this podcast and this content and the coaching and other projects, but I'm like, the call is getting stronger and stronger, but no, I still need to go there. So that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah you have to heat the call, man. <laughs> it's just going to get stronger and stronger. And eventually, you know, you're going to get kicked in the ass until you get the message. The, the, the universe is going to uh, make sure that you get where you need to go. It's yeah. like, I believe it's like the, the alchemist where like he's all these things. Are, I think, you know, this book as well from, from Paulo Coelho, where he, he, he's constantly being pushed towards his, his destiny towards no, his calling. What's the right? name of the book? It's called the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Definitely going to check that out. I'm not familiar with it. This is a beautiful, it, but... beautiful book. Beautiful book, a great story about this uh, this farmer that that has this vision. He's he's it's not a it's not a farmer. He's a herder. He's herding sheep, and he has this vision that he has to uh, to go to uh, to the the pyramids to find a great tre treasure. 
and then he goes on, on this this grand adventure to find his great treasure and um, i'm not going to tell the the ending of the story to spoil it but it's important that we we, we follow our call mm. because this is a, there's a journey or path laid out before us that when we learn to listen through meditation mm. and through the different tools we have like psychedelics uh, and asking ourselves questions we will and also just taking action on, on our insights if we, if we feel there's something that's calling us we feel something that's right then just move towards that you don't have to figure everything out and that's where life really happens that's where you get all the gifts that are that have been meant for you i believe mm, beautiful i think this is one of the not to, to rate it or whatever but one of the most profound insights that i've been having the last few months and maybe over years that i've really started to listen to my not only my own intuition but also like the, the sacred voice this is also outside of me especially when you you start working with plant medicine medicines like it's something crazy like it's really this call which i would never have yeah believed because it's so hard to grasp where from your rational mind like really from our western world so i'd love to hear some of your experience with, with this this calling and reconnecting with your intuition like did you change your path in the entrepreneurship realm also how did that unfold how was your experience with reconnecting with your intuition in general Well, not only your intuition, but but this, with this calling and following it. I've, like while while I always been rooted in science, I always have a strong intuition and trusting that. Mm. But I would say over the last one one and a half years, it's really been becoming much much stronger, especially with the use of of, of psychedelics and and microdosing psychedelics. It helps to kind of like amplify that voice, the volume of it. Mm. Uh, one thing that I learned last year was uh, i had a conversation with this guy he guy he's uh, like regression, regression therapist like he, he takes he's a spirit guide and re regression therapist so he takes people back into previous lives and help them fix things like that and when i first heard about that i'm like yeah that, that's cool uh, previous life my ass. <laughs> yeah uh, but one thing i had a conversation with him and his name is, is rasmus by the way and he's a danish guy And when I, the first time I looked at him, I, I was like looking at my brother, like we're both bald and uh, he's, he, we both look like monks. <laughs> so we were like, I was, looked, I was look, looking at a fellow monk brother. But I, I was asking him questions a few times and he would close his eyes and then he would open them again and he would say, yeah, that feels right. And he would do that a few times. And I was like, what, what is this guy doing? Mm, beautiful. And he would constantly check in with himself before making decisions does this feel right and just notice does this feel good or does this feel bad you know something like that how does this feel to me right now that has been one of the most profound things that has changed a lot of the ways that i make decisions now in the future it's like just if someone asks you about something just go inside and feel does this feel right and if it doesn't feel right then don't do it so mm -hmm. this way you have like a very clear emotional compass that can guide you to make better decisions that is going to bring you more well-being and, and happiness and and also put you on a more effortless path mm. effortless just starting so, to read the book that came yeah. out from george McCoo and it's yeah yeah i i haven't read the book but uh, i would say the last since january i i quit my 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 normal job or like a, a daytime job to go all in on guiding people. Uh, I've, like I've been guiding people for the past, I would say four and a half years, but now I'm doing it full time. And one of the things that really changed for me is like this new kind of high performance. The, the, mm. um, the Taoist would say living in the Tao, where you are very patient and just waiting for the insights to come instead of like just taking loads of action. I'm not saying there's not no space for taking a lot of action, but there is a lot to be gained from giving yourself a lot of space during the day, during the week, to just feel into what the moment is calling for right now. This is a, this is a way like, um, I've been reading a lot of spiritual texts. One of the ones is the Bhagavad Gita is, is like, then you start taking action that are that is not uh, with the focus on the end result you're just taking action because it feels right you're taking action because this is towards your highest good one another learning that i had is 
if you experience stress or that you start becoming scattered, that are signs that you're moving away from your highest path. When you are able to stay focused, when you are able to stay calm and centered, this shows that the things you're working on right now or doing right now is on your highest path. And if, it, if you don't feel like that, I really recommend taking a break, going for a walk, laying down, just closing your eyes, sitting up, meditating, doing a little breathing. I just stop working altogether and do something that really enjoy that you really enjoy that fills you up. Like in, for me, one activity I'm taking up is surfing. There's like I need a lot of space and time for myself when I surf. It feels like I had one or two days for myself, just mm. an, an hour, one and a half hours surfing, being in the water. This really, really helps to ground me and, and put me in, in contact with that inner essence. Feel inside to wrap up this, uh, this long-winded <laughs> conversation about this inner guidance. Feel inside when, you're, when you have to make any decision, feel inside, does it feel right? Trust that. And then always, also, if you don't really understand why or how come it's like that, trust it. And when there's something you feel called towards doing, just start taking action towards that and trust that that's the right thing for you. Beautiful. Yeah, it's super interesting. And I'm super passionate about this topic currently because maybe also even more so than you, but because what was coming from the entire opposite, I was totally disconnected from my intuition. My background started with like mechanical engineering, bachelor and business analytics in a very business world. And I even had the idea, okay, I'm not even a creative person because I was so yeah, forced into this university routine and to driven by, okay, I need to earn money. And then when I have like a certain amount of money, then I can start living my life. And then psychedelics and the other things we mentioned, we wrote breath work, meditation, now even digital nomad, connecting deeply with people, a lot of time in nature, getting more and more reconnected with that intuition and more and more aligned with what you call the highest pass. I'm like, what the fuck? These things are so much more effortless. I was so much in this pushing, even like the gym five times a week, pushing, 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 university, pushing, pushing, brute forcing all the way, no pain, no gain and this mindset. And then coming out of it, for example, like we talked, uh, we actually reconnected, reconnected because I was interested in your retreat because it's also a direction I'm going to and reconnected. And I, this idea grew into my, my mind, my subconscious to a big degree, if you want, for quite some time. But I was always in this mode, okay, I need more experience guiding people. It will take years until I can do that. And then at one Wachuma ceremony, it was like uh, doing ayahuasca before six weeks, I already got this calling. So I knew, okay, it's, it's my responsibility, so to speak, to also go into that realm. And during Wachuma, it was like, oh, damn, I don't even need to be the facilitator. I can just co-create it. Then I shared this after the sharing circle um, during the ceremony, connected with another guy who was, oh, I'm also super interested. I also have this business background. Let's reconnect. Then we met up three days later. And then at the dinner, it was like a revelation. Yeah, sure. We should just organize a retreat together. And then after that point, it was like so effortless, like just step by step. I already had like, or rather the, the, the guy with the location, my phone called him, then the location was set. We knew with the chairmans every day, it was like, bam, 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 progress, project. It was like, what is happening here? It was really this feeling of it's not, not me that's, that's yeah, doing things and planning things and pushing, but just yeah, being used by the universe. So that's why I'm super amazed about this, this topic in general, crazy impactful, like you mentioned. Wow, that's incredible, man. So, so when is this, this retreat happening? Uh, end of July, actually. So end of July. End Amazing. of July. What, so what kind of medicines you're going to be working with? Uh, ayahuasca and San Pedro. So far, we had the idea of one ayahuasca, one San Pedro, but the details we are at, at the moment, um, yeah, clearing. If you do have two ayahuascas, also was an option with the daytime. And now it depends on the kind of people we're having calls to see the intensity to really find great balance also with the team. But it was well, like a beautiful idea of this vision coming clearer and clearer together. And when we sat at the table, it was actually the point when the food came on the table. It was like it both we were at the same time. Yeah, that's the logical thing for us to, to co-create together. Because before we were talking on, yeah, his vision was like to connect other facilitators and the business and the spiritual world and be a bridge and connect <laughs> this, this grow a great platform and networks, very abstract. And then just make it like really clear. 
because the, the concept is also to have it as kind of an incubator for the vision of bringing change makers and entrepreneurs that's kind of the target audience together yeah. so that they can there like connect and also co-create the vision of having a more sustainable world or really this idea of connecting the spiritual and the, the business world so thanks for taking your your part of bringing me into that journey and giving me some inspiration for that because you also have that kind of target audience with entrepreneurs which i find like super amazing because you impact the people that actually make more impact and need it very much because often they aren't this driven business young world so let's help them bring into the, the effortless action flow state aligned with the universe in accordance with nature yeah yeah thank you for that man i really thank you i'm super grateful to, to hear that and i appreciate you very much for for taking action towards that we definitely need um very mindful and and, uh, and more spaces like this there's there's a few there's a few things that come to my mind. I think it's important to address because, like you said, you came from this very performance kind of mindset, and I know I came from the same. Like when I was I was in university, uh, I was like I had so many things going on in my life. I was university. I was doing kickboxing for like uh, I was training twenty hours a week in a, in a regular week. I was having university. I was uh, taking care of a job. So my days were like packed from like six in the morning until 10 in the evening. It was just like I was waking up in the morning and it felt like I was just going to bed in the evening. Like everything in between was just like going so mm. fast. So I was used to just always doing, 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 and never being. And I would say there was definitely a space and time for that. It brought me to a certain level. And now this time it's like the less I do, the better results I get. Mm. And it sounds <laughs> like a paradox. Uh, and I think a big fear that many high performers they have is if they go on a psychedelic journey or if they start doing this work and they lose all their neuroticisms, uh, all the things like their addictions and all the things that are keeping the, them to push through and, and they, that they will lose the success that they have. Actually, I think it's quite contrary. I think they're going to find way, way more success. At least this is what I found. They're going to find way, way more success. They're also going to be able to enjoy the process and the journey much more. Because a lot of the people that I'm speaking with, you know, they're dealing with addictions. They are dealing with anxiety, depression, stress. And this, these things, for you to be successful, does not have to be part of the journey. But the way that we are doing business, the way that we are working right now, the things we're focusing on, the way we're interacting with the world and with ourselves are causing things like depression and, and anxiety and, and, and huge amounts of stress. But those things are not equal high performance. Those things are not equal a lot of success. And we have to kind of re-educate ourselves. What is success? And how can you achieve things from a higher perspective, from a different way? And one of the ways you can do that is by creating more space in your day and creating more space is literally blocking out time where you do nothing or having breaks on a regular basis on your, during your day or even just spending the morning doing nothing or you know doing things that connect you to yourself like yoga and breath work and meditation uh, going for a walk or spending time in nature journaling those things if you spend some time on that every single day the chances are you will most likely and also create that space during the day and during your week where you don't do anything, where you're just being. And being means that you are, you're really not doing anything. You're just sitting down and, and just, you know, laying on the grass or swimming in the ocean or whatever, just like being. We need more space like that. That's going to give us the energy to then make the better decisions. And it's going to help us clarify and get clarity on which decisions are important which things is going to take us to the next level yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more exactly my i'm finding and super excited that with the book we mentioned before effortless which has been out for a month like this realization is really coming for multiple people now and that we get that new generation of entrepreneurs who strive towards that yeah that effortless action that performance without being always in the young pushing everything needs to be hard and we need to hustle and grind and sacrifice our sleep, which is another of these things that we now realize how important and impactful high quality sleep for our general performance is so that 
that shows like one a tiny example of one action that we used to take in the entrepreneurship world. Just be normal. Having that said, I would love to hear from your personal then entrepreneurship journey. If there have been tough times for you and how you kind of ran through them where you were unsecure about the path or had some yeah anxiety, stress, overwhelm, whatever. Were there any periods where you was, yeah, where it was super hard or was it like already pretty flowing at that stage when you switched to entrepreneurship? How was that for you? I, st I started entrepreneurship in 2015 completely green. I didn't have a family that was entrepreneurs like um, so and uh, I didn't have a good upbringing about money. My father, he would always say, look how hard it is to make 10 euros. Mm. This is how hard it is to make 10 euros. And I was working since I was 13 years old. And I realized, yeah, this is su super hard to make money. So I was growing up with this mindset. And also when I started becoming an entrepreneur, I was very much focused on making impact. My first business was making foods with edible insects. Mm, uh, one amazing. recommendation I would not recommend uh, anyone starting a food business as their first business, except unless they have a lot of experience within food and, and being in that industry. Two, I would probably not choose such a, a new um, component as well that, I, that is under so much legislation, uh, like, like edible insects. So one thing that I realized on my first entrepreneurial journey or first business venture was when you start something if there is not like you need some traction from the beginning you need some people that are saying yeah this is cool i want to do this and we did have that but you need to be able to sell it from from day one like you you can make so many tests and you can start selling things pretty fast like because yes you're creating a business if you're creating value for people they will pay for it and I realized that I was really going up the hill with my last business and it made me realize, okay, if things are not flowing, if things are just too damn difficult, it's probably not the path. Like we, there are, there is ways where you can choose the path of least resistance. And, and I realized, you know, I realized when I'm not choosing the path of least resistance, when I feel like I'm pushing, like you say, a lot of yang, a lot of pushing, a lot of just the, like 10 hours 12 hours work days and really feeling you're not really getting far like you're not really selling that many products you're not really impacting that many people you're not really creating that much change and this is really what i feel like what what why are we entrepreneurs because we want to create change we want to um we want to help people or we want to you know make money or whatever our our reason for being an entrepreneur I think there are different ways we can go about it. And my first venture, I just realized this is so fucking difficult. Uh, and it, for a long time, it showed me that I should probably have quit the project for so long. But, and again, in, in the entrepreneurship world, there's like, don't stop, continue. Mm, yeah. uh, there's this great, great story in Think and Grow Rich where there are these two people that are digging gold and they stop like 10 centimeters or mm. 20 centimeters before the, the gold ore. And it's like, you should, con you don't know when you hit going to hit the gold ore. Uh, so I was working with this and I was working on this project for, I think we're working on it for like three and a half years, four years even. And I have to say, we should have stopped it after, after one or two years when we realized, okay, this is not really taking off. And I can see now it's, it might never will take off. This market is still like, it's not growing at all. It was growing mm -hmm. a little bit and now it's just, you know, so with that said, yes, it was super fucking stressful in the beginning. Uh, luckily, I was in Denmark and I could get support. Like, I think Denmark is one of the easiest places or best places to start as an entrepreneur. So I could get uh, like supportive support, financial support while starting my business. Uh, first, I was doing it part of university. So I was getting uh, um, education support. And then later on, I was getting uh, support outside um, from the government. To, to start my business, which is a beautiful thing you can do in Denmark. Um, so I would say I was not that pressured because I had the financial support. But if I didn't have that, I would probably have stopped much earlier, which would have been good. And yeah, I would say that when I quit my job now in January to go all in on this, there was a lot of fears coming up. A lot mm. of fears, a lot of, I was like, do I, am I ready now? Have I, <laughs> have I done enough to, to, to do this? Will people come? Uh, and I just see that 
yes, when you are ready and things are starting to happen, then your fears, they will, of course, there's still sometimes I have fears. It's like, okay, I'm making this retreat. Well, is, am I going to get people on the retreat? Will it be enough to make it happen? But I think in order for us to truly enjoy our journey, we have to be able to take action without focusing on the end result. We have to be completely not uh, disattached for the end result. This is the only way we can truly enjoy our work by not being attached to the result of our work. And this is something I've been really working on over the last few months is like, how can I take self, selfless action, like action where I'm not attached to the end result or attached to the end goal. I'm just doing it because it feels good because it, it brings me happiness and joy. And that's not to say that you cannot, you know, charge money for the services you're providing or anything like that. It just means that you're not attached to whether it's going to be getting you 10,000 euros or whether it's going to give you 1,000 euros. Mm. But it's more like, you know, this is enjoyable. You enjoy doing this and you, you see there is a, you're making progress. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Speaking of you going all in and guiding people, guiding entrepreneurs, love to hear a little bit more about this. For what kind of problems do entrepreneurs have when they come for you, when you guide them through? And yeah, just tell us a little bit about that kind of process. Yeah, most of the problems that I experience with entrepreneurs is a lot of stress. Almost all of them are dealing with stress, um, mostly because they are worried about the future worried about their, their finances. One of the most important things for entrepreneurs and I guess most men is, is freedom, personal and financial freedom. And, and, and they are, you know, a lot of the actions they're taking is to maintain their personal and financial freedom. So problems that they're having is they simply work too much. They work themselves to the ground uh, and they have a really hard time creating this work-life balance which is, is totally possible. It also, I see a lot of entrepreneurs working on projects that they don't really enjoy doing. And that's creating stress and anxiety and depression in their life. I see a lot of entrepreneurs feeling anxiety and depression because they are suppressing their feelings in general. And they're just all in their mind, rational all the time, using their logical mind and never getting in their bodies and feeling what's going on. And when you don't do that, those feelings that are suppressed, they come out as anxiety and depression. Uh, another aspect of that is um, when you are not, when you're blocking out the, the negative feelings like sadness, grief, anger, shame, then you also block out the very positive emotions such as love and joy and and ecstasy and excitement and enthusiasm. So many of these people, they're just living very bland lives, like they're flatlining kind of mm -hmm. in the middle. They're not really bouncing too much, but it's like life has just become okay. It's not amazing. It's not super down, but it's just okay. It's a way of protecting yourself. And what I find that when we are like, for example, for the last retreat, I had two people that had depression and, uh, after the retreat, they did not have a depression anymore. And uh, one of them, their, his father even died two or three months after the retreat. And he's still not depressed. He's still doing really well in his mm. business. Actually, he's, he's getting even more responsibility because he had to take over some businesses from his father. Uh, but he's really killing it, so to speak. So normally my process for people, when, when people are coming to me, I normally do pre-screening. So I, I look into are they having any medical health issues, any mental health issues? Have they taken psychedelics before? Um, what are their reasons for going on this journey? What challenges are they having? What would they like to get? This is normally the kind of questions I go through to kind of screen people to see if they're first one, if they're eligible to go on a psychedelic journey and two, if they're the right fit to go on these experiences and also to see their commitment level because I don't think anyone should do psychedelics just because they think, oh, this could be interesting or fun. I think there should be like 
it, that's that's okay, fine, that's fine too. Psychedelics can open any door you want them to open. But in general, for the people I work with, I want like a deeper commitment. I want them to, okay, I'm, I'm going to be ready to face myself and then whatever comes up. I want to see what else there is to life. This is the kind of people I'm looking for that I want to work with and want to help. And then normally, uh, if they're accepted, we would uh, take them through preparation. I would ask them a series of questions. Normally the preparation take anywhere from three to four and a half hours. We do that over two to three sessions. And then we normally do, if it's a retreat, we would have three days, normally a three day retreat. The first day is all about preparation, taking people through different kinds of practices, such as, as, um, as yoga and breath work and cold and hot exposure. And then the day after we would go on a journey and then on the third day, there will be integration. If I'm just doing private journeys with people, we would meet up in, a, in the morning. We would do yoga and breath work, maybe some cut and hold exposure if we have access to it. And then we do the journey. And after they're in a good state, I would say goodbye to them, or we, maybe we will be renting at some place far away. And uh, then the day after we will do integration with them. And normally we would do follow-ups. So uh, for a regular person, I would have two to three follow-up sessions, like a week, three weeks, and, and a couple of months later. And do it for retreats, we normally have group coaching sessions four to six weeks after. So we meet up uh, once, uh, once a week, and we, we go over people, their, their intentions, and the practices that we help them implement. Because normally, like we help people set intentions depending on the preparation, what kind of things come up, where they are to balance. Then they have experiences on the journey that give some insights. And then we help to put those insights into practices, either a one-time thing that they do, or it can also be an ongoing practice, for example, starting meditation. And then on the group coaching calls, we help them to make sure that these practices are, are being integrated into their life. So it's not just a, you know, a single experience that they have. Oh, oh, I went on this mushroom journey like two years ago. Like, oh, cool, man, what did you experience? Oh yeah, I had this amazing experience. Uh, and I realized that it would probably be good for me to start meditating. So are you meditating now? It's like, no, I forgot about it. I got away. But like, we, we don't want that. We want people to start implementing the things that they learn on the, on the experiences. So that's why we, we keep this ongoing contact and help people integrate their experiences into their lives. So this is normally the process that we're going through. Yeah, sounds, sounds amazing. Especially we, we touched on it in the beginning. Like the integration is such an important aspect of the experiences. So think it's super helpful to have someone that holds you accountable it also helps you to take the right steps and not go back slide into the right environment before going diving deeper into that i would love to mention one experience that i'm very curious about like this this flatlining this numbing of emotions would love to hear if you could elaborate that a little bit so how does that look like because i'm just so familiar with that my emotions were so blunted so i'd love to hear your experience with that so really reconnecting to my emotions has been such a beautiful journey so far so yeah what's about with that I, I believe the the biggest reason for that is in the western world we are so much in our mind we are so reliant on our mind and we've been told that our emotions we should fear our emotions and we cannot trust our emotions so i, I think that's really what it's all about and also like some emotions are difficult to experience like shame and fear and guilt and grief and sadness and anger. Some of them can be really difficult to, to experience. And we know that our minds gets clouded when we are having these emotions, but the, each emotion is telling us something important. They're kind of like a messenger from, from beyond our subconscious mind that is telling mm -hmm. us something that either needs to change or something that we, we, we need to feel. But many of us are, are told that like when you are emotional, it's going to cloud your decision-making. <laughs> yeah. <The> more <laughs> so, economicals, rational decision-making. Exactly, exactly. And while that's true, we become over-reliant on our mind. And our mind becomes the master then because that was, that's the one that's just taking control of everything. And really our mind is like a computer or a smartphone. It, if, if you don't, ask it to do specific tasks it will just be like when you go on your phone and you don't have any specific agenda you're just taking up because it's a habit and suddenly you're sitting in on the social media and you're scrolling on instagram or or twitter or whatever your platform you're on this is how your mind works in the same way if you don't give it specific actions like you say okay uh, make this a uh, 
make this podcast or create this video or make the sales letter. If, it, if you don't give it specific actions, then it's just going to jump from one thing to the next and becomes very, very scattered. So what we need to do is we have to train our mind, quiet our minds. One of the ways we do that is for breathing and for breath work and for yoga. That's, and also journaling can help us to quiet our minds just enough down. So we have a little bit more control of it, but also we can, and that also gives it something to work with because our mind is just like, it just wants something to work with. It's just, it's just like, it's a servant. It just wants to, to work all the time. It's like a, this computer that just wants to work all the time. So when we're always in our mind, we block ourselves from being in our body and that's where all the emotions is going on. So it's basically just what are we habitually doing? When we're habitually in our mind, our mind is going to be super scattered going all, all around and we're always going to use it and we're not going to have any contact to our bodies. So mm. things that can put us in the bodies is can also going to start put us in contact with the emotions that we're having. So for example, when, when you're doing yoga, you really connect to your body. Any body practices such as yoga, tai chi, qigong, dancing, puts us in our bodies. And that's where we start feeling what's going on in there. And when we start being more in our bodies, we can start feeling positive emotions such as love, enthusiasm, joy, happiness. And we will also be able to feel the more hard emotions such as grief and sadness and anger. These are all telling us something. And we should trust that emotions can be good for us if we learn to just be with them. So many people that cannot even be with their emotions. They're so afraid. Oh, what if I feel sadness? Then, yeah, then what? Then you're sad. You're not going to break. You, if you can just be with it and feel it fully, it's going to go away. Like, this is one thing that's certain. Everything that arises will pass away again. It's one of the main Buddhist principles. What arises will pass away again, at least in this universe or in this this reality we're living right now <laughs> things arise and they pass away so if you can be with something it's going to pass away much faster but if you're trying to repress it reject it and uh, like distract yourself it's going to stay around for much longer and it might come out in much worse ways like depression for example yeah yeah, beautiful. And I love that it's also something, some of the insight that we are so slowly seeing in science, like the the, pro, the the concept of embodied cognition going into science that we realize not only our mind or our brain is all the problem solving, but our entire body is really a nervous system and the emotions and really not only sensing them in the mind, but also they, they can be felt in your entire body. So that's really beautiful mission of just being more embodied doing the movement the dancing for me cold exposure like the ocean has been so great i've been recently doing like 15 degree water and then i just go it got in there and did some wim hof breathing in the ocean disclosure it was very safe but don't try this yourself if you are unsure about it so beautiful amazing looking back into your entire journey at your working at your own journey but also you working with entrepreneurs if you really need to prioritize what are like one two or three like key insights key advices that you would give someone on that journey in that spectrum which is yeah the most important in your opinion i would say the first thing that comes to my mind is stay open to things stay open-minded there are so many things that even in science we say oh this is how it is but you know i think it's it's the 17 that all or seven percent of each thing that we think we know right now is either next year or i think 10 i can't remember if it's next year or 10 years later is we we falsify that completely so just staying open to what you don't know or if there's something new information coming in stay open to that see okay if this is true what would that mean for my for me or for my life And the reason why I'm saying that is because just in, in one aspect, for example, sexually, uh, I, I keep being surprised what's possible. This is just one aspect of my life. But like, I remember one of my favorite books that I read this book five times. It's called The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. My favorite book of all time. There he mentions briefly that as a man, you can separate orgasm 
from ejaculation. Those two things are not the same thing. And when I first read it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? But then spontaneously, I had an experience of this exact thing. I, like a year later, I experienced this for the first time. And I've been experiencing it again later. Uh, like, I'm still learning how to do it. It's a practice. But just being open to that is just suddenly, you know, new worlds open up to you. The things you never knew was possible. So if someone tells you something and that they have that great experience from it, just be open to it. Maybe you're going to have great benefit from it too. And that brings me to the second thing. Learn to trust your emotions. Learn to feel into your emotions. Learn to feel into what is right for you. When you start doing that, then you can also, if someone tells you, oh, I just tried this, uh, this plant medicine called Sananga. <laughs> do you know what that is have yeah you tried it? i was i was too afraid because i also have terrible allergies and my eyes are very so i'm <laughs> not afraid of going high doses ayahuasca but sananga was very okay <laughs> yeah so so you know sananga is this eye drop you put in the eye and it's i haven't done it yet i've been i've been presented with it once i, I did a ceremony this weekend and i was presented with it and after doing i think we did like There was a lot of medicines in this ceremony. So like after doing three or four ceremony, the medicines during the ceremony, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm open. Like I already realized what I need to realize. And it didn't feel right for me to do another medicine. So sometimes we also have to check in with ourselves. And yeah, we might be open to new things and people that say, oh, this is good. But if it doesn't feel right to you in the moment, then also trust that. Maybe it will be right for another time. So feel into what feels right for you and then do what feels right to you in that specific situation. I guess that's also what you did. You had the opportunity to do Sananga mm. during an, uh, an ayahuasca ceremony and you said no to it. Mm. Yeah. And I believe that's true for you because maybe that was one of the first times you also experienced ayahuasca. You want to have that experience first. And maybe another time you would be open for Sananga. But it's just important you ask yourself, is this the right thing for me? Because there are many ways To, to the same path. And it's also important to be patient, not trying to have all the experiences at once. So that's the second one. And the third one is to trust and have faith. Mm, trust. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying like faith and faith and like, like spiritual faith, like you believe in a God. I'm saying more like faith in life that no matter what experience that you're having that there are no good there are no bad experiences there are experiences that can feel pleasurable there are experiences that can feel painful but none of them are good or bad because we're just seeing them from a very limited perspective but if we were able to see it from a, a grander or more cosmic perspective like the the plant medicines allows us to do we can see that there are no good there are no bad experiences They all just are. And each experience are here to teach us something, to bring us closer to our purpose, our more meaning, more love, more passion, more connection. And sometimes it brings us away from that. But when we can experience each moment for what it is and make love to each moment, that's when we can truly enjoy and experience life. That's when we can start appreciating life. And we're not so attached to our personalities. We're not so attached to what people they say about us. We're just more, okay, I'm here. I'm having this human experience and I'm enjoying it. No matter if uh, I'm feeling some pain, no matter if I'm feeling some pleasure, all of it will just come and go the same. This is a, a level we can reach through uh, spiritual practices and patience. So, yeah. Trust and faith, feel into what feels right for you and stay open-minded to the things that come to you. These are the three things I would pass on. Mm. Love it. Amazing combination. Thank you so much for this conversation. Really enjoyed it. Love all the topics we touched on. And yeah, where can people get in touch with you, find more about you and your work? Um, I will put the links in the show notes. So. Yeah, so everything is, is guided by Martin. Uh, my My, I, right now, I just have a landing page for my retreats. It's called retreat.guidedbymartin. 
then I have my YouTube channel guided by Martin and also Instagram guided by Martin. These are the places you can find me. Also, I also have a Facebook, but I'm not using that so much. So you can find me there. And uh, thank you so much, Morris. I really appreciate uh, the time and that you wanted to have me on the podcast. Thank you so much for this conversation. So thank you for being here. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today on the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast. If you like the show, please take a minute to review our show on iTunes or any other podcast platform. This will help me a ton to reach a bigger audience with the podcast, but also the most important thing to really get world-class leaders, world-class performers, experts, scientists, and ultimately just create amazing episodes with a lot of value for you. Thanks in advance for your support. My name is Maurice, and I will see you on the next show of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast.